Sparkin' Conversations, a podcast for electricians, hosted by an electrician. The Electrical Association is committed to keeping electricians in the know about the latest developments in the industry. Experts will be on to help answer the tough questions, talk shop, and give tips to help make your jobs work. Hi, I'm Mike Miller, and at this time, I'd like to extend a super big thank you to Federated Insurance. Federated has backed the activities of the Electrical Association for many years. We can't thank them enough for making us a success. On behalf of the entire association, thank you, Federated. Greetings and welcome to another podcast edition of Spark and Conversation, a production of the Electrical Association. I'm Mike Miller, your host. Today, our guest is Polly Frenchu. Polly was recently named the new Academic Dean of Construction Science and Building Technology, as well as the Business Program at Dunwoody College. In this role, she oversees the college's construction, electrical, HVAC, civil and surveying, and business management program with an enrollment of over 400 students. She started her career at Dunwoody as an electrical construction faculty member in 2004. She has spent nearly 15 years working in industry as a project manager, foreman, master, and journey worker electrician. After working in the trades for a few years, she went on to earn her Bachelor of Science in Career and Technical Education from the University of Minnesota and then her Master of Business Administration from Concordia University. You're still fine Polly in the classroom, though. In addition to running one of the largest academic departments at the college, she has already grown the department, which added online this fall construction management degree. Welcome to our program, Holly. You certainly bring with you some noteworthy credentials. Hi, Mike. Thank you for having me on. Um, Yeah, we are very excited about our online you know, with the advent of COVID where we had to go off um, off the campus online, we actually learned a little bit about how to do it. And I know the Electrical Association has always been in the forefront um, with that online learning. But for us, it was quite the experience, I can tell you that. Well, congratulations on bringing up your program. I know it is a rather uh, deep endeavor to be involved in. Uh, for today's topic, we're going to visit about women in the electrical industry. And Polly, there's no better person to t- tell us more <laughs> about it than you. The world is moving toward embracing equality in mankind continually. Uh, whatever it be in race, origin, or gender, we're seeing the fruits of this movement that I feel will continue to support the destiny of the electrical industry. The first question I'd like to ask you, in your years in the industry, Polly, what advancements have you seen or experienced in gender equality in our trade? Well, Mike, um, you know, I mean, it's still not where I want it to be. I would love to see 50% of women, 50% of men, honestly, with the same population as we have in this country. Um, I think I'm dreaming pretty big there. But I think overall, I've seen a lot more acceptance. Um, I've had more conversations, I think, probably the last 10 years or so than I ever had before. People are really deliberately bringing in and including women and people of color into the industry. There's a sense within the industry that it's needed. I think, you know, women and people of color just bring a different perspective and nothing against uh, men and white men in that particular. It's just I think that just having a diversity of voice can make truly a 
big difference out there in industry. Well, Polly, I certainly agree with you. And, you know, I think just in listening to the news on any given day, we see such a demand for for that standard. And and I, I can't imagine people can't achieve that demand or work toward that end. But, man, I'm really glad you're pro on that. I certainly support that as well as I believe the majority of the Electrical Association does as well. Uh, do you see a significant growth in these advancements? So, I mean, is it really, you say you're not going to maybe make it in your lifetime or, or you're not seeing what you'd like to see in it, but do you see that it is working? It's starting to. I think I think it will as time goes on. You know, I mean, there's more women than when I started. I went the union route. Um, unfortunately, I will say this, the non-union contractors wouldn't hire me when I was in trade school, which was 35 years ago. You know, and when I went in, I was the 11th woman out of 2,000 members. So I didn't see another woman on a job site for probably five years. So it was, you know, compared to now where, you know, you see a lot more women out there. There are women getting in the office and not just as a secretary, but actually as project managers and estimators. I think it will start to grow, um, and I think it will help the industry to be much more diverse. It will make us much more efficient, because with greater voices, you might have better solutions as well. And that certainly makes sense, and I, I can see where that would happen. You know, long ago, the, the old idiom was out there that the electrical trade is just not for women. Do you encounter people with that same mindset frequently or at all anymore? I haven't in years. Maybe, well, I shouldn't say that. I've had a couple students, maybe, throughout time. But overall, I think, well, the interesting thing is that I was the first semester teacher for about 15 years. And I think students would come in and they were so shocked that their first teacher was a woman in an electrical construction and maintenance program. It's actually kind of funny, their their overall demeanor. But, I, you know, it has changed tremendously. I encountered it when I first started. I, you know, I had a gentleman once say to me that, you know, you're taking jobs away from fathers and husbands. And my response, because I was a single mom was, well, I'm, I'm mom and dad, and I'm the main breadwinner and the only breadwinner. So no. So it was, it has changed. And I think it will continue to change um, as people see the value. You know, I know that there's some concern that they're going to lose their job if more women come into the industry. But, you know, frankly, with so many people going to be retiring at some point in time, I think it's a good thing. And I hope Absolutely. more women do. Uh, Polly, I, I so agree with that retirement thing. As, as I have spoken with others on uh, past podcasts, we, we visited a little bit about that retirement concept. And that's something that's, in, in a sense, kind of scary, simply because who in the world is going to fill these jobs? I encourage uh, students that we provide education for through the Electrical Association, I encourage them never, ever, ever drop that license because that's such an important document in, in your longevity. Even though you're not using it right now, you never know what the way this world and the economy is going. It might be really nice to have. Okay, let's move on to our next question, Polly, and that's number three. It says, even though the Equal Rights Amendment has been around since the early 70s, do you feel that it has made much of an impact on education, employment, and even the quality of life for women? Um, yeah, I do. I, I believe one of the reasons I was actually hired was because of that Equal Rights Amendment. Um, when I first came into the trade was right about that time where they had to have so many women and minorities on a job site. 
um, if you had a, a state or federal job. And so I used to laugh that I was the token female. <laughs> but, you know, and I got my foot in the door because of it, but I always felt that it was up to me to prove that I belonged. So you don't take it as, you know, hey, I got in and I'm, I can just slide my way through. I always felt that you had to work hard in order to really earn that place and earn that respect. So even though I might have come in under those circumstances, um, I feel like I had to get the respect of it wasn't just because of that, that I deserved to be there, that I was, a, you know, I was a good electrician out there, honestly. You know, just thinking about your response there, and I'm just thinking along like, gosh, that must have been a situation where you had to work almost twice as hard to achieve the same goal that uh, another person would have had to work to get. And and I commend you for it. That's uh, pretty pretty brave and bold. I, I, I commend you for it. Uh, do you see where women are coming more into leadership within the industry? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, like I said, we're getting a lot more women into project management, getting into estimating. And I think as that continues to go, um, you will start seeing more and more women kind of running the companies. Um, there's a couple, you know, electrical distributors out there that have women presidents. I know a couple women that own their own companies are CEOs. Um, so I think as time goes on, you will start to see that. I'm excited by it. It's you know, it, it hasn't been there for years, and I think it's great. You know, this industry for, for women, it's just, it's such a nice thing. The pay, you get the equivalent of what men would get, and I think that really makes such a difference. I know for myself, as a single mom, um, I was able to afford a house for my kids. You know, I they were three and five when I entered the trade, so you know, they were not very old. So it, it really did provide me with a decent foundation and decent living. That's noteworthy right there. Well, next thing we'd like to just visit about, and you're probably, I hope you're not dealing with too much of it, but that's the old sexual harassment. Uh, in your visits with women anticipating entering the trade, do you ever feel uh, like the related sense of trepidation or concern from young ladies contemplate joining the industry that have often been dominated by men. Do you, do you ever see issues with that? Um, I did when I was in. You know, I I think having their eyes wide open is a good thing. Um, I will counsel the young women that go into the trade. And, you know, I my biggest thing is you have to have a thick skin. Just in general, you just need to. You know, comments are always going to be made. And, you know, should they be? Absolutely not. But are they? Sometimes there will be. Um, so it's it's really learning how to kind of handle that, um, but also to let them know that it's not really something that you would promote. Like I said, I think one of the things that has helped for my students anyway is coming into a classroom and having a female teacher and learning that they had to have that respect for that, you know, because it's you know, I, I was told many a time I would look at students and they'd say, I have the mom look, you know, so they, they'd get, they'd be like, I'm sorry. And I'd be like, what are you sorry for? And they'd be like, well, because I, uh, you know, I had to have done something wrong. You, you looked at me like my mom does. So, um, I think it, 
it, it does change things a little bit. And I'm hoping as time goes on, you know, we don't even have to have this conversation, honestly. Well, that's kind of refreshing to hear that you were you persevered through some probably tough times where uh, there wasn't much of a penalty for sexual harassment other than just maybe a, a verbal suggestion to cease and desist on that end. But gosh, that's that's really tough. I mean, and you know that's one thing I, I've seen in, in my business as a contractor where I had a gal that worked for us and she was just the best. I mean, everybody wanted to work with her, very knowledgeable. But she, you know, that when you say the mom look, that that really, uh, she was a workhorse <laughs> and she wasn't afraid to put persons in their place if there was any kind of sexual harassment at all. But she had the mom look, and that's that's a very good attribute, I guess. All right. <laughs> oh, uh, it, it terrifies young men. Let me tell you, it does. <laughs> These kids will look at you like, oh, okay, like mom's going <laughs> to scold me. But you know, I, I think uh, overall they they looked at our gal that worked for us as a uh, an equal, and that was really refreshing. And I think, like you said, you've got to prove yourself. And and you know. I, to a degree anymore, I think the time is coming when all workers, whether what whatever gender or interest they have in life, I have a feeling that everybody's going to have to prove themselves because people are just kind of fed up with uh, the king of the hill is always going to prevail just because they are. And that's not going to be, I think it's, it's moving toward a, an equality. And I'm okay with that. I think all people should be. Uh, okay, moving on to question number eight. Uh, are there any organizations that you're aware of that are actively promoting uh, the entry of women into the electrical industry? Uh, yes, definitely. I'm a member of Association of Women and Contractors. I'm also part of the National Association of Women in Construction. I also participate with the Girl Scouts. So we actually have a camp in the summer where young ladies come and are building, you know, beehives and they do electrical wiring and um, they've done some surveying. So we try and introduce them to the construction industry. I also am part of Construct Tomorrow, also do projects with YWCA. So there are getting to be some more areas where it's just even introducing teens, you know, into that fact that, hey, you can go into construction. And I don't really care where you go in construction. I kind of like to veer you towards electrical. But at the end of the day, it's just really introducing them into a field or fields that they th never thought that they should have been in or that they could go into. You know, a lot of the high schools right now, you know, they still promote the four-year institution that you have to go to a college and get a four-year degree. And I've talked with a number of um, young women um, in the high school visits and such that, you know what, you don't. You don't have to go to a four-year institution. Technically, you don't have to go to a two-year institution. You can go work out in the trades and you'll make a decent living. I I kind of heard that before. I've, uh, some of my employees believe that was the way to do it. Otherwise, there were trade schools that were available, which really... I got to say, I certainly appreciate what they do for them. You know, I, now as technical as it is with with variable frequency drives, for example, and PLC and and numerous different computer applications that are running automation now, uh, artificial intelligence, it's just at a point now where you're going to get the rounded National Electrical Code studies through the office or through the, the, on the job. But when it comes into the technical ends, I, I just see a real... Unless the management, the team that owns the company and has 
pressing on the, the employee to become educated unless they're doing it on their own. It's really difficult. And that's why I, I support the, the four-year, excellent, but two-year, gosh, the money you spend on just two years is just tremendous. And the return on your investment is almost immediate. Uh, oh, we yeah. could talk about that on, on, <laughs> on another process, but, um, when, but when yeah, I, 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 guess, I do, I do agree with you. Um, you know, we have like a PLC program for, you know, how to, how to wire them, how to program them, you know, what's coming up, what's in the industry. It, and it is changing. It's changing so, so rapidly. I think it's just teaching people how to learn. Oh boy. It's take a look at this class four circuit coming out. <laughs> Holy cow. That's a Pandora's box, I think. But you know what? It's something that's going to eventually be the way of the world and electricity and we could have a show on that all by itself. We won't. Uh, but, but you know, I, I encourage those that may be listening to us today is learn all you can about this trade because it's evolving so rapidly. What you thought you knew uh, five years ago is going to carry you through. That That's not even true anymore. It's not even close to true. And, and always seek to, to better yourself through education, I guess. One thing, too, kind of pigtailing off that last question about what what is going on to entice or get people involved in from, a, from young young ladies thinking about the industry. What's done? What are you doing toward that end? So we actually have a couple new programs right now. Uh, one is called P2C, which is Pathways to Careers. So we bring uh, juniors and seniors on our campus, and we, we actually take them around to all the different programs to help them get a good sense of what it involves or what it is. Um, we also have construction pathways uh, for those that have already, they're older, and want to come into the industry, so we'll we'll bring them around to show them what is available at the college. And lastly, we actually have a scholarship program, and also as P2C and the Construction Pathways. Both of those are scholarship programs, but um, the Women in Technical Careers is a great program, and it's available for young women. They get a $20,000 scholarship to help them pay for their schooling, and as long as they go into a non-traditional career path. Um, so it, you know, that's a, that's a hurdle for a lot of people. Um, the schooling can be a hurdle. So, you know, having a couple of those programs, you know, and then the fact that you have a woman who's the Dean of the Construction Sciences, um, my director for construction management is Heather Gay. So, you know, there's two women in the construction industry right there you know, running the whole program at the college. And I think I'm probably one of maybe a handful of deans out there that is female for the construction sciences area. That's commendable. If that, that speaks volumes to me about women's interest in it, where, gosh, you can survive in that look. We have a dean of the school that's a woman that's telling us all about electrical. That, that to me, is exciting. And if I were the opposite sex looking for such a... a, a a school. That to me would be a real drawing card right there. And I really appreciate that. Polly, I have a tough question for you now. Do you think that nationally, if a program were supported and mandated to encourage entry of women into technical trades, that would it significantly alleviate the shortages of we're seeing for qualified licensed personnel on jobs to complete them? Uh, you know, I, I think about that. I think Maybe, um, but I mean, right now we kind of do, you know, for state and fed jobs, you know, you have to have so many, um, sure. you know, so many women, so many people of color, 
You know, I, I remember one job I was on, I got moved because they needed a double minority. You know, so I think they kind of already do have that. I think the biggest thing is, is getting the word out about it. Um, and whether that is to go to high schools, I personally think you almost have to go down to the elementary school and the middle school area, you know, because sometimes by high school, it's already too late. But, you know, getting out there and, and getting with young people and, and showing them what this field is all about, that it's a viable career choice and career path, um, that that four years is not necessarily the best path for everybody. Sure. Um, you know, the majority of the students in our programs, they're hands-on learners. They're very tactile. They don't learn by reading a book. They learn by doing and so, you know, a four-year college is probably not going to work for them. And yet, I have a lot of them that come after a four-year, you know, going into a community college or a, you know, four-year college, and they leave it because they just, it's not for them. So I think, you know, getting it down to that elementary, middle, and high school, you know, before they're ready to go to school, before they're ready to go out in the world, and helping them to realize that this is out there and available to them. It's a fabulous career path. Certainly is. Well, you know, I, I, I kind of knew your answer would be yes, it would help, but you know, <laughs> making it a something that's mandated. We got look, we got to get these jobs completed. We have so few people; they're either retiring or they don't want to do it. And, and you know, I think that that's kind of changing just because the economy is changing a little bit in the last four years. I think we've seen some significant changes there to a point where it's going to demand we need help and you got to train people. And I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of gender making a tough decision on that one. Okay. Another question I'll just kind of run by here quick. Like, um, if you had to pick one real reason why women are not entering or staying in the electrical trade at the value men are, what would you say it would be? I think, well, for myself, I just happened to come into the trade by accident. Um, I was actually an electrical engineering major at the U of M before I came into the trade. I just okay. didn't want to go to school for four years because I was a poor woman with two little kids and I was burning out on calculus. So I switched over to MCTC, you know. So for me, it was, you know, I picked a trade. I figured, okay, construction's got to be a better way. I don't come from a construction background. My family was never in construction. Honestly, it, it just seemed like the best trade because I could be inside more than maybe outside. <laughs> really, that's kind of the, the, the lowdown of it that you made the same as men. But I think one of the main reasons is, yeah, there's fear. They are kind of, there's, there's that trepidation of, of what's it going to be like on a construction site? You know, it's portrayed in the media in such a way that it's, you know, a bunch of guys sitting on a scaffolding, whistling at girls going past, you know, and eating their lunch or whatnot. Um, so I think there's really this, this whole media personification of what a construction worker is. When women get into the trade, I think to stay in the trade, it's really practicing that, um, inclusive attitude at the, at the, um, contracting level or at the office level, the job level. When I first started, I was in a shop that the boss hated women and he hated apprentices. So I was kind of screwed. <laughs> it was my very first job. And I probably spent the first two months on the job site doing cleanup, pushing a broom, you know, doing material. And then he finally let me pick up a tool. 
probably a good two, two and a half months when I started, after I started. And yet I started with a guy at the same point and he was working with the tools immediately. Mm-hmm. Next job I went to, I worked for a company and the foreman was a single dad. He included me on every conversation. He sat and, and taught me, you know, a lot of different things, spent time with me on the job, um, encouraged me. You know, I mean, it was just such a night and day difference. And feeling that inclusion, feeling like I belonged and that I could make it in the industry really made a huge difference for me. Um, and I think that's a key part is really helping women to feel like they are part of something, not the token female, not the only. You know, I never wanted to be noticed when I came onto a job ever. Sure. I just wanted to be, hey, I'm just here to work, you know, and that was that was it. I didn't want anything special. I wanted no special treatment. I wanted nothing. Just let me do my job. I know my job and let me do it. And I think that's a big part is if that's not happening and they're feeling that, you know, they're different, it, it does something. It doesn't make you feel welcome. And why would you go to a job if it was happening that way? Exactly. You know, that's kind of a, a, a lot of the, what was in contained in our next question. That was, what would you do to keep women on jobs? And you've kind of summed that up by saying, hey, look, I'm not a woman, I'm a worker. And, and when everyone treats them like that, to me, I would think that would be really the best answer. But what, what else would you contribute to that concept of keeping a woman as an employee? You know, giving them more opportunities, you know, promoting them. Um, you know, the guys I went through apprenticeship with were foremen far earlier than I ever was. And I probably could have run circles around the foreman I worked for, but I was never given the opportunity. But a lot of the guys were. Um, so I think it's really giving women those opportunities to, you know, promote themselves, prove themselves and give them an opportunity to move up where they're not just a worker bee. And that makes much sense. Well, Polly, it looks like our time's almost up. Are there any final comments you'd like to leave our listeners today about women in the electrical workplace? I think it's just, if if anything, it's just, you know, if you have a woman on, on staff or working for you or you're a woman working out in the field, realize that, A, you're not alone if you're a woman out there working. You know, that you should be able to find and seek a mentor, whether it's a woman or a man, for some support out there. Um, but also it's to, to go out of your way, if you have a woman on the crew, to not make her feel different. Um, really be cognizant of it and, you know, really, you know, think about it as far as a woman can do the job just as well as a guy can. You know, I might not be as big and strong as somebody, but you know what? I can find some very creative ways to complete the task that I have been given. Um, so it's, it's, you know, promoting that and being a part of that and, you know, go into the high schools, go into the middle schools. You know, if you have daughters, bring them to work with you, have them help you out in the garage. I mean, it's just all of those things that make women feel included and part of something better. All right. Well, 
I would like to thank each of our listeners today for joining our podcast, and especially a big thank you to Polly Franchu for taking time out of her busy schedule to share with us some of the great information about women in the electrical industry. Again, Polly is the Academic Dean of Construction and Sciences and Building Technology for Dunwoody College here in the Twin Cities. And also, I would like to say a big thank you to you, our producer, Katie Grams for her great job behind the scenes and that brings us a program every time you hear it. Uh, keep us in mind and join us again soon as the podcast links where you found them today. I'm Mike Miller, your host from the Electrical Association. Be safe and we'll talk with you again. And thanks again to Federated Insurance for sponsoring our podcast. We really appreciate it. Spark and Conversations is a production of the Electrical Association. For more information, visit www.electricalassociation.com. Hey.